Miles, it's uh, what is the divisional round Sunday? How's your how's how's your divisional round Sunday going? Divisional man, I've had a great divisional weekend. Can we just take Ooh. a can we just take a second here? I've got a you know the the hit Pixar movie Ratatouille. Yep, I'm feeling a little gratitude this weekend. I had, a, I had a good weekend, man. I went snowmobiling yesterday with with one of my good buddies. You do a couple braps. Um, I was out there just brapping away in the thick snow. We saw um, it was a fucking beautiful day, man. It was minus six, not a stitch of wind for Saskatchewan. That's Ooh, that's like that's a, a that's lottery a, card a, winner. That's a mini victory right there. M- massive victory, man. So we 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 snowmobiled with with his family and like beautiful day. We saw three moose and probably like fifteen deer. Well, we were out, so it's like some good nature, man, and and nice snow, great weather. So that was that was perfect. Saturday was was a dream, and then that evening I got together with a bunch of friends and watched the birds game, watched the eagles fly, fly eagles fly, domination against those frauds from New York. Oh my god, um, love Oilers. Brian, love Brian Dable as a head coach, but boy, boy, that is tough. Big blue, more like big poo. Oh, I love uh, it. And then, um, yeah, Oilers capped it off with a win. Today, woke up feeling not too bad. Um, body wasn't sore, so clearly Jim's working and, and sledding isn't killing me. Um, went for brunch with some pals and then met up with some other pals and watched football. And, and here I am recording with another buddy. So just gratitude is the just, theme of this just, weekend. It's just a day of friends. A day of friends. How was your weekend? Uh, it's been it's been quite good. Um, well, I mean... I. It's been all right. I I I've, I was I was on call this weekend, which kind of sucked. So I had to go into work for a little bit yesterday, which was less than ideal. Um, but uh, had a nice little. I, honestly, the the most innocent Sunday you can ask for. We went to uh, uh, Taylor's brother's place and we played with her nephew, and that was quite possibly the most innocent, like family oriented Sunday you could possibly ask for. That um, that's a domesticated Sunday. Yeah, this is a this is a I my age is clearly showing right now. Um no, I but last night though, I I remember getting I remember getting home from work. I had to do a couple of things around the house. Um I had to install some new light fixtures, which was not fun. Um definitely gave myself a couple shocks yesterday. <laughs> and actually, uh by the way, th- this is a PSA. If you're ever a home builder, can you please uh put if you're going to if you're going to wire all of your circuits to the proper area. Can you make sure that all of the bedroom circuits go to the bedroom circuit and not daisy chain it off of a kitchen circuit? Because yesterday I turned off all the power to the one bedroom so that I could replace outlets and a light fixture in that room. And then what ends up happening? I check the one outlet. It's dead. Okay, perfect. I check the other outlet. It seems like it's dead. I go to switch the outlet. Bzz, shock myself again. And so after, after like the third shock, I kind of had a little bit of a hissy fit. Sat down for a second, kind of re- recalibrated, and said to myself, "Nolan, it's 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 going to be okay. You're 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 going to be fine, my friend." Um, got it all figured out. Uh, took forever, but we were able to get it. And then I realized to myself after, you know what? Today's going to be okay. 
I'm going to wake up from a nap. I'm going to hit a giant leg day. I'm going to get home and it's going to be a night full of sports. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what happened last night. Nolan was just trying to put um, clapper lights in his Christian gray room. <laughs> Switched out to some red light bulbs. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. Did, did I ever tell you about the time that I had a, I, uh, when I, when I was living with my mom in the, uh, in the uh, bat cave in the basement or, or as I like to call it the pad cave. Um, we I, called it the pad cave. We called it the pad cave. Uh, one time I, I was at Walmart with my mom and I said, Hey mom, can I get a, can I get a blue light bulb? And she said, sure. And I put a blue light bulb in my bedroom. <laughs> Matt, I, uh... It was fucking sick. I have a very similar story. My patio lights burnt out. I needed new light bulbs. And this was the first time I ever bought light bulbs like as an adult. That's embarrassing to say, That's but it's really it, embarrassing. Miles. Yeah, but I mean, I'm 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 a privileged rapper. So I just went and grabbed two bulbs, didn't realize they were blue. So now my porch <laughs> lights are blue and I'm living a it I just, live in a nav music video. It just looks like the five hour visiting your home. No, I I feel like Nav. Like I'm just gonna start rapping. You should just become like a like an atmospheric sad rapper. I I would like that, Nolan. But I was just I, I I'm diving back to something you mentioned about red lights. Oh oh. Do you know what who else a was? Segue. Do you know who else was popping a lot of is red here. lights? Oh my goodness! Is 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 this Dylan Holloway breaking oh. out for two goals? Baby, your Edmonton Oilers. We're getting a lot of red lights going. Uh, the past couple of games, what a week it was! If you check the record, going what back a to week the last, it was. going back to the last episode, we both said three and zero, and lo and behold, your Edmonton Oilers made it a three and zero week, making us look like very smart guys. Nolan, can I run through the agenda super duper quickly? Absolutely. Speaking of those three games, we're going to be rap- recapping the game, rap and recapping the game against the Kraken, the Lightning, and last night's dismissal of the Vancouver Canucks. I am calling it a dismissal. After that, we'll move into some Oilers talk, uh, pre- predominantly re- revolving around some trades that are being rumbling, a few other rumbles around the team. This one is a little bit of a of a throwback. A couple weeks ago, I threw a mailbag on the Instagram, and we got some good responses for it that we really want to go over. They might be a little bit old, but we'll uh, we'll attack these. You guys took the time out of your days to shoot us some questions, and we want to make sure that we get to them. After that, we'll move into some quick NHL shit. There was a big week in the NHL, big news story broke, and then we'll wrap things up with next week's agenda, where the Oilers... Just have two games this week. So it should be a quick, crisp, clean episode of One for One, Season 3, Episode 11. With that out of the way, Nolan, would you like to lead things off and talk about the game against the Quacken? That sounds great, um, in which I've entitled it, Okay, All Right, Okay, All Right, Okay. Um, Because uh, the Oilers... uh, getting a little winning streak going, maybe a little four-game winning streak, uh, as they took down the Seattle Kraken 5-2 to two, uh, on, I believe it was Tuesday. Uh, but anyways, Oilers come back from a road trip, um, uh, uh, coming back home after winning 3-4 of on, on a West Coast roadie. Um, and, and this game kind of just, uh, this game was initially showing somewhat negative signs because uh, Seattle got a power play. Darnell Norris nurse practices the trip di- er, uh, tip drill, only it's on his own net. Uh, Sprung scores one nothing Seattle. Then our guy, 
corner. McDavid gets the puck off of a Leon pass, hits the turbo button. Zachary Martin Hyman does his, uh, does his best Tyson Chandler impression and picks Justin Schultz, but we won't talk about that. Conrad scores his 38th of the season, and we are tied up at one. So far, so good for the kids. Out shooting the Kraken, trading chances back and forth. But then... A few minutes into the second, a Vinny DeHarnay shot from the blue line trickles through Martin Jones and gets punched in by the Carhartt King. DR waiting for his piss test, his sixth of the year. And to add insult to injury, ass, 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 Ward Vogel scores a pretty nifty goal from the seat of his pants to give the Oilers the 3-1 lead. Drysaddle and and Hyman get the weird assists on this one. Jack Campbell then does his best Miko Koskinen impression and performs the classic missing glove trick, allowing Vince Dunn to score his ninth of the year 22 seconds into the third to make this a 3-2 game. Oh no, could this be the house of cards collapsing? Ah, well, Zachary Martin-Hyman, who is a children's author, I don't know if you knew that, uh, proves that the puck don't lie and immediately made for uh, makes up for it with a fluky goal or for the fluky goal against getting his 21st of the season and restoring a two-goal lead. By the way, can I just quickly mention as a side note, the missing glove trick is so funny every dude, time Jack Campbell does it. Dude, thank you. Yeah, it's um, it's his best Miko impression. He's gone, but not forgotten. Honestly, that that's like my favorite like goaltender like goaltender stereotype is the guy that knows he allowed a really shitty goal and just looks at his glove after, <laughs> as in like, oh no. Uh. Clowder then scores at the halfway mark of the uh, of the period from Hyman and Holloway, making it a 5-2 final. Count it four in a row. 33 Oilers shots to 31 Kraken shots. 50-50 on the draws. 0 for 3 on the Oilers power play. 1 for, one for 4 on the Kraken power play. Hyman, Holloway, Fogle were your three stars. That's nice, cool, and fun despite the shitty second goal. Campbell went 29 for 31 for a 9.35 save percentage. A good game that could have been a backbreaker of a goal if, if, the Kraken had, if the Kraken hadn't gotten momentum from that. And that is what worries worried you? Yeah, because if you think about it, like when that goal happened, right, coming out of the gate in the third period, that made it 3-2. Like, that if, is true, yeah. If, if the Oilers weren't able to come out and have Hyman score that really timely goal, that worried me, right? When I saw yeah. that goal go in, I was like, oh, shit. Like, are, is this going to be what gives the Kraken life and they're going to come back and win this, like, 5-3 or something like that? But no, uh, Zachary Martin Hyman, the author of children's novels, was... Uh, exactly what we needed at the time we needed, but that yeah, that camel goal, that that goal worried me a little bit. I was I was sitting there sweating for for two minutes and thirty five seconds. I must say this week, and I know this is going to sound like a bit of a hot take. Besides the first Seattle goal, I actually never felt like an Oilers game was in jeopardy. I felt like they were going to win all three games, despite that like one that first one nothing goal against against Seattle. I felt. I was confident they were going to win all of these games, which is pretty sick and really cool to say. Uh, With that win, the Oilers sit at 51 points. Kraken and Kings are at 56, while the Oilers and Flames are at 51. Pacific hasn't been this crowded (laughs) since the ship that got stuck in the canal last year. I don't know. I don't understand how ships work. Quote. (laughs) Quote. Quote. quote, Dash Miles Fuchs. (laughs) TM. I think it, I think that I think that was technically the Atlantic, but it's a canal, so it's supposed to connect the two. I'm gonna count that joke as a win. I'm gonna take that one, and I am going to save it in my pocket for later. Put it in my cap as a little feather. Speaking of feathers in the cap, noted uh, noted weird hat wearer Pat Maroon was in town when the Lightning struck twice 
as the Oilers won 5-3 against Tampa Bay January 19th. Nice little moment before the game as Kane and formerly mentioned Pat Maroon met at center ice and chatted. Uh, notorious, or the, the reason that that is uh, moment momentous the reason that we're talking about that i don't know where i'm trying to go with that um is that maroon skate is the one that cut uh patrick or not patrick kane evander kane's wrist last time these two teams met keeping him out for the better part of three months so nice to see the two of them catching up at center ice and classy move by by pat maroon uh to to make sure that he was okay and, and check in with him and, and just kind of say what's up that will be the last nice thing we say about pat maroon because he was kind of a scumbag in the rest of this one jack campbell Winner four straight, getting the nod against Cup Champ. Vesna winner Andre Vasilevsky. First period, Ryan McLeod scores his seventh of the year from the Carhartt Lord Derek Ryan and DJ Vinny D. Fist bumping all night long. One nothing Oilers. Please, sir, can I have some more power play points? Little Leon says, shaking from hunger with his bowl outstretched like he's the main character in a Charles Dickens novel. Connor and Nuge. Uh, obliged feeding him these apples because he was starving. And that's 27 for Leon. Oilers are up 2-0. Before the break, we get a little rough stuff. Uh, Darnell Norris scraps. I think it was Corey Perry? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. it was. Which is kind cool. of a... Not a big fan of that fight, but but overall, it is it it is nice to see a couple tough guys going after one another. A couple tough guys. A little bit of a size disadvantage there, but hey, you know what? It is what it is. Um, so yeah, we're getting into the rough stuff here. And uh, at the at the intermission, the results of the NHL's All Star fan vote came out, and it was it was it was revealed that Leon Dreisaitl and Disco Stu Stuart Skinner will be joining Conrad at the All Star game in South Beach. Uh, leave the wives and kids at home. This is Miami we're talking about. So hopefully the boys have a little bit of fun in in Miami representing the Oilers. Three Oilers for the Pacific Division. I can't. Be- I'm. We like I'm, to see that. I think it's so fucking cool that an Oilers drafted goaltender is going to the All-Star game. A rookie. A rookie. A rookie rookie oiler goaltender that was drafted and developed within the organization and a hometown kid. That is so cool. It's so cool. And I know uh, Logan Thompson isn't a rookie, but he's he's a young fella too. Yeah. Like it's, it says a lot about the Pacific and how bad the Pacific goaltending has been, but. It is like it's it's incredible to see a lot of these young guys are starting to take over. I think that we're now going to see a, a pretty big, uh, like a pretty big shift in the landscape of the NHL when it comes to a lot of these goaltenders. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of these like 24, 25 year old guys that are going to really start taking over. And then, um, but ne- I don't know necessarily if these guys are going to turn into the to the like Hank Lundqvist or the Andre Vasilevskis, where you can count on them for you know, six, you know, 65, 70 games a year, but these are guys that maybe can come in at, you know, anywhere from 23 to 25 and start to play 50, 55 games while splitting, I don't want to say splitting carries, but splitting the time between them and like a veteran goaltender. I think it's going to become like a much more common practice now. Yeah, for sure. I I think that that like workhorse stereotype of goalies is, is kind of going the way of the path or the way of the, the way of the dinosaur. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Demko hurt? in vancouver he is yeah he yeah he, so, he is hurt and he's also been bad yeah but that's still a, that's a pacific division yeah like yeah, warlord exactly. that's that's taken out there and markstrom's had his struggles in calgary um gibson is a freak of nature but he has nothing around him san jose is not where you want to be goaltending wise <laughs> and uh and la too they're they're having their own struggles with phoenix copley weird name and jonathan quick figuring out what's going to happen there so 
yeah, Pacific Division speaks to the issues of, of goaltending. But either way, we are super, super stoked for Stuart Skinner, who has been a great player this year, a great guy in general. And yeah, shout out. Good, good for him. Three All-Stars going to the game. Oilers love it. They're going to look fantastic in those re- reverse retro All-Star jerseys that, uh, that were released as well. Pretty cool. So we're going into the second period. Second gets underway and Kleem Costin fights. I don't remember who he fought, but Kleem Costin got in a fight. Uh, he fought Patrick Maroon. He fought Patrick Maroon. Okay, yeah. so I, yeah, again, if you don't, if you didn't like the Norris fight, you're probably not going to like the uh, the the Clean fight there. But it is what it is. Um, chippy game that saw some questionable shit from both sides. But objectively, Kucherov was playing like a Russian hillbilly in this game, throwing around PK slew bands. And oh man, he is so, like love Nikita Kucherov. He's one of my favorite players in the league. He's so much fun to watch, but such a scumbag hockey player on the ice. Yeah, Just when he when so he wants dirty. to be a shithead, man. Yeah, when yeah. he wants to be a shithead, he's the league leader in yeah. being a shithead and, and an absolute whiner too. When something doesn't go his way, like people always gave Sidney Crosby like the whole the the whole whining stereotype, Crybaby. but it's like objectively Nikita Kucherov. Um, speaking of a guy who is not a crybaby, Brandon Hagel Sick gets player. gets his 18th of the season, a minute 30 into the second. Still can't believe Chicago traded him for six pink starbursts and a free night at the movies to one Oilers. Zachary Martin Hyman, author of children's novels and collector of goals, gets his 22nd of the year. That is nuts from Fogel, three one Oilers. Fresh off of his 500th career goal in Vancouver, the Stam Daddy decides Western Canada hasn't gotten it bad enough and slides his 22nd of the year into the cage. 3-2 Oilers. Also, just a note here, I gave you two numbers. Uh, Hyman has the same number of goals as an elite sniper Steven Stam goes. That's electric. We've, we, have some, we have some Zachary Martin Hyman uh, statistics to go over tonight. <laughs> ZMH man just keep oh my god keep 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 Braden Point enters the chat reminding everyone that he is also in fact a lethal weapon on this turbo team I mean Tampa team 3-3 tough look for Darnell Nurse on that one by the way 9.25 Braden Point (laughs) I just read that third period starts and the average fan is nervous waiting to see how this one wraps up the Giga Chad fan says I'm tired and lays in bed watching TikToks while updates get sent to them what a time to be alive Conrad McDervinson 39th of the year, holy shit, 39 goals. Makes it four to three Oilers, ten minute, two minutes and 10 seconds into the third. That assist from Nurse was valued again, approximately $9.25 million. The game rages on and it never really looked like the Oilers were out of the driver's seat. A late period shorthanded situation was negated by a Kucherov offsetting minor to take him off the ice. T.Y. Putin boy, Hyman gets his second of the game in the empty net from Dreisaitl and Kulak to make it 5-3 final. Five-game heater complete. The Oilers were one for four on the power play and two for two on the penalty kill and had 34 shots. Tampa had 31 to close out a damn good game for the Oilers. Soup Daddy held down the fort in his sixth straight start, fifth straight win with a 28 save performance for a .903 save percentage. Good night, sleep tight, see you Saturday. Smiley face emoji. Um, I'm going to do a quick little update. Because um, remember, remember, uh, remember, Last episode, and I kind of gave you a couple of uh, kind of gave you a couple numbers there regarding Mister uh, Jackery Campbell, Jackeris uh, Campbellus. I would like to, I would like to just quickly, I'd like to just quickly go over those again because now uh, through the month of January, Jack Campbell is six one and zero with a two point one five GAA and a point nine one six save percentage. I said league average. 
And at this point, Jack Campbell has been playing slightly above league average. This is the guy we expected and 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 sorry, I shouldn't say expected, but like this is the guy that was advertised for five million dollars a year. If Jack Campbell can somehow weasel his way back into being like a reliable starter, even if we go into the playoffs and Stuart Skinner is the bona fide starter of this team, if Jack Campbell can come in and give us forty five starts at nine point or at or at you know at a point nine one five or a point nine hell even a nine twenty save percentage no no notes no notes whatsoever i'm extremely happy and his performance the last few weeks i'm more than confident in jack campbell right now he is certainly seeming to be back the folks are saying he is back Knock on all the fucking wood you have. Knock on every piece of wood in your home. Yeah. Go out to Home Depot and buy sheets of wood just to knock on them. I'm gonna be we, running. I'm gonna be running through aisle 35 at Home Depot. No free ads. Just knocking on two by fours. I will. I. I will. I. I will give you a Home Depot. I will give you a Home Depot credit card just to go there. You don't need a credit card to get in the door. I'm not buying shit. <laughs> uh. Well, you said see you Saturday, and you know what? Saturday was last night, Miles. I think we got. I think we got. I think we got to talk about last night. Um, yeah, I know of, how the days work. Yeah, uh, kind of, kind of a tough title I gave this game. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's stinky. Zach, there it is. For Woo! a four, for a four-two Edmonton win over the Vancouver Canucks last night. Uh, Oilers coming into this game looming to, or, um, uh, uh, looking to extend this winning streak to six games and called upon for tonight's efforts is first-time All-Star and literal father Stuart Skinner. Daddy uh, Stu. Daddy Stu. I, uh, I, I one, th- one thing I absolutely love from his from his baby arrival announcement uh, was the close-up of 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 him with his like hand around the baby because you see. <laughs> <laughs> Stuart Skinner clearly bites his nails like a fucking madman, and I'm that's like, such a that's such goaltender behavior. It's it's so sick, and I said this on Twitter, but like we stand a relatable king. He's so cool. Uh, another storyline coming into this game though, and it's kind of a sad one, and we're gonna kind of get into this after uh, um, after going over the game. But is the seemingly- I, like, I like how you I like how you say kind of get into this like it's not gonna be 15 minutes of rambling. <laughs> Uh, is the seemingly imminent termination of Bruce Boudreaux as Canucks head coach and reports of former Coyotes head coach and current TNT analyst Rick Tockett coming in over behind the bench on Sunday after the game. Uh, Despite the Canucks coming up buzzing in the opening seconds for their coach's last game. (sighs) Checks notes. Oh. Is that it? Oh, yeah, that is Zachary Martin Hyman. He scored again, Uh, who is a literal children's author, by the way. Uh, he, uh, l- launches a crispy feed to none else, uh, n- none other than Connor McDavid, who nabs his 40th goal of the year in his 48th game of the season. 40 goddamn goals for Connor McDavid. <laughs> I can't help but laugh. Oilers up one nothing, one twenty six into the first. Dude, he has. Uh, I think he has 87 points on the year. It's, it's ridiculous. Jamie, Jamie Ben won the Art Ross in 2013, 2014, whenever he won with like 84. Yeah. He just, already won the Art Ross in a, in a, in a, in a low year. He's, he could stop today and he would have won the Art Ross that year. That's, that is Bananasaurus Rex. 
he is just oh my god we are so lucky and and you know and you know what i've noticed too is he's talking on the bench a little bit more this now that he's finally starting to talk on the bench a little bit more this season he's starting to get a little bit more involved and, and the sellies pull oh, the sellies are back dude that for that goal he had on the feed from hyman you he was like Oh yeah, I, it's I like love, lightning. I love when he does the uh I love when he does the nice fucking pass point. Yeah. He does sort of one of those. It's so sick. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, seven minutes later the Canucks make a mistake. They get caught with two men in men on the ice, leaving their 32nd ranked PK on the ice against the league's best power play. Well, despite the, the despite the Oilers' best effort to fumble the uh, to fumble the power play. Ryan Nugent Hopkins wires a stretch pass to Coroner McDavid, who finds an Oprah. Zachary Martin Hyman, who, by the way, we once again tell you is a children's author, scoring his 24th of the year and tying a career high 54 points in 47 games. 2 nothing Oilers at the end of the first. Nine minutes into the second, in what looks like a bizarro version of the last goal, Ryan Nugent Hopkins once again sends a stretch pass, this time to Zachary Martin Hyman. By the way, children's author, who finds noted German we- sniper <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl to make it 3 nothing Oilers. What were you going to say, Miles? I was going to say, if we say the C, the C word again, oh, the, the C-A word again. The C-A word? Children's author. I think oh, we're yeah. going to lose 35% of our listenership. Like, if you took a shot every time we said that this episode alone, it's you're on the floor puking. Sorry, guys. You're going to hear it a couple times. Oh, God. (laughs) Big sip of coffee. And at this point, you're saying, stop, stop, please stop. He's already dead. However, seven minutes later, a bad line change uh, leaves former Oiler, but not really Andre Kuzmenko on a breakaway who cashes that chance. This Russian freak is on pace for 70-plus points in his very first NHL season. He's going to get absolutely chutching paid at the end of the season. 3-1 3-1 Oilers at the end of the second. Man, he's so good, by the way. Kuzmenko oh, yeah. is so sick. I'm he, so mad he's not an Oiler. He is very, very much he is him. Because he was like, oh, I want to play on first unit power play. And uh, Kenny Holmes like, well, you know, can't really uh, give you that promise. But uh... And then uh, Jay Woodcroft was like, I believe in you, Andre, that you can perform on a second unit. And then he's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to the Canucks and I'm going to go eat sushi with Elias Patterson. Um, I'm going to win five games all yes. of second half. <laughs> I, I am going to play at half speed for Rick Tokit. Uh, three minutes into the third after some lackluster Oilers play. Teammate of the year, JT Miller, makes it 3-2, giving the Canucks tons of momentum to tie this thing up. Um, I will say, even though I did mention earlier that after the one nothing Seattle goal, I still always believe that the Oilers are going to win every one of these games. Had a little bit of concern after that JT Miller goal. Um, but with about five minutes remaining... Zachary Martin Hyman, once again, I don't know if you knew this, is a children's author, crashes the crease, and scores his 25th of the season. Just kidding. Bruce Boudreaux says, fuck it, and challenges the play. It gets called back for goaltender interference. By the way, this league's interference rules are so dumb. I, like, I get that he technically touched uh, Spencer Martin, but, like, come on. That's such a weak call. Um... By the way, uh, JT Miller's hissy fit on the bench. I don't know if you, I don't know if you caught that, but when they panned to him on the bench after Zach, they initially called the Zach Hyman goal. He like slamming his stick on on the bench. It's like JT Miller, shut up! You're gonna probably get traded for 
10 cents on the dollar. <laughs> um, oh, God. Uh, despite, the, uh, despite the Canucks' best efforts, though, Ryan Nugent Hopkins scores on the empty net ceiling. A 4-2 Oilers victory and a very sad Bruce Boudreau on the bench showered by Bruce. There it is, Chance. Um, final stats of the game. Shots were tied 29-29. Oilers 1-for-1 one one on the power play. 2-for-2 two two on the PK. <laughs> uh, fuck off. <laughs> 54.7% on the dot. Skinner with 27 saves. McDavid with a two-point night. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with an underrated three points. Should have been an all-star, by the way. Um, but the star of the game, Zachary Martin-Hyman. Four Don't points. Don't do it. Bringing his season total to 56 games and 40 or 56 points and 47 games for the children's author. Crushing his career high, 54 points from last season. Miles, he is on pace for 41 goals and 96 points on the season. That is, uh, in the words of Hillary Duff, hey now, hey now, this is what dreams are made of. Now, I don't expect Zach Hyman to score 40 goals. I don't expect him to hit 96 points. But if this guy hits 30-plus goals and, like, 75 points... Shut up, Siri. Um, Like, uh, unbelievable. Like... What a guy! Leafs, Leafs fans are crying, 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 crying. But and they're they're, cr- they're currently looking for a second line left winger. Yeah, they're they're crying, but they're like wearing that mask of like hiding the tears. Oh, they don't the, want people that, to see that 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 classic meme. Yes, that's that is how I would describe the current situation of, of Leafs fans and what ZMH is doing. Should we get to? Um, should we? Should we? Should we talk about him? Should we? Should we, should we talk about BB? Yeah, man. This, good night, good night, good night, sweet prince Bruce. This just sucks, man. I, did you did you did you catch any part of the press conference after the game? I honestly couldn't bring myself to watch it because the way that this man has been treated the past three weeks, it went from being like, "Haha, the Canucks are bad," to like, "Oh no, what's happening?" To like, literally, stop, stop. He's yeah. already dead. What you're doing is actually assault. Yeah, like it's come to a point where. Like, I'm honestly shocked that Rick Tockett is taking this job right now because, like, if, if I'm a veteran head coach, I'm, I'm staying far away from the Canucks. Dude, I saw something on Twitter today, and it was like, uh, this day, 10 years ago, Alan Vingolt was still the coach of the, the Canucks. <laughs> Alan Vingolt, not LA Vigneault. Um, Since then, they've had Rick Tockett's their sixth coach in a decade. Oh, yeah, he is too, because they, they went torts. Willie Desjardins, Travis Green, Bruce Boudreaux, Tockett. Am I missing one more? There's one more in there too. Well, you would have to count. Uh, you'd have to count Allen. Oh yeah, yeah, I guess so. Hey, there's your six. Oh my god, man! That and uh, that the the most crushing part was like so. Bruce Boudreaux even said in his post game availability last night, he's like, you know, because they kind of said to him, they're like, do you feel like how do you feel after? You know, these guys played a hard game for your presumably last game. And it's like the fact that he hasn't even been fired, they've clearly already hired his replacement. And you're coming into this and saying, like, assuming you're going to be fired. Like, it's kind of like it's really messed up. Like, it's quite messed up to to imagine, like, the situation with... And I obviously understand that Bruce Boudreaux is an NHL head coach. He will be fine. He, he's probably wiping up his tears with his, like, millions of dollars, right? Like, I totally get it. But, like, we're talking about 
a really respected NHL head coach who has like a point six hundred uh, winning percentage. Like he's damn good at his job, and for from all accounts, is like one of the most salt of the earth human beings on the planet, which just also makes this so much worse. And he says in this post game availability last night, like I don't know why I'm still here. No, I I don't know. Like you know, you just come in and you just gotta just do your job and keep going as if you still have a job. But like this idea, and it, it was reported that that um, the reason that this whole thing has taken so long is because Rick Tockett had a had an out clause in his uh, in his TNT contract. So they literally hired Rick Tockett, waited until he fulfilled his TNT obligations, and strung Bruce Boudreaux along this entire time. You could not have fired Bruce Boudreaux and then just let like Mike Yo take over behind the bench. Mike Yo has been an NHL head coach before. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it. it- a masterclass, like ignore the hockey aspect of it. It's just like a masterclass in poor human resource management. And that's the thing is realistically long-term, do you expect this team to actually be able to, and I mean, they, they probably will be able to acquire big name free agents because they're literally Vancouver, BC. Like people want to live in Vancouver, but who wants to go to a team with such toxic culture like that? Could this be another situation where it's like, this team could be like the Toronto Maple Leafs of the early 2010s, where the Leafs sucked ass, they had a poor locker room, they had poor morale around their team, but yet it's Toronto, people want to live in Toronto, people want to play for this legendary Canadian market. But if the culture is bad behind that organization, then players won't want to go there, and veteran head coaches won't want to go there. So I just... You, you, you got you got to hope that Rick Tockett's going to figure out what's going on there. There's one massive puzzle piece to all of this that I think you're forgetting, and that's if they tank hard enough, if they believe hard enough, and get Bedard, the people will come. That's it's, it. It is true, but at, if, at that if time, they too, get, yeah. if they get the hometown boy, like everybody's going to want a piece of that. But also, if I'm friend, if I'm Francesco Aquilini, what I'm doing if I do win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes is I do what the Oilers did, which was we won the lottery, fire everybody. And I know that technically the Oilers didn't fire everybody, but like they brought in Peter Shirelli, who was say what we want about Father Pete, but what was a big name. He was like the hottest name. GM candidate on the market. They brought in Todd McClellan, who besides Mike Babcock that offseason, Mike Babcock did take a meeting with Edmonton, but like Todd McClellan was the second best head coach on the market. And they got both of them in the same offseason. If you win the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, you, I, I, I don't think they're going to because they just hired um, uh, Rutherford and Patrick Alvin and all them. But what you should be doing is cleaning house, starting from scratch, and taking advantage of that entry-level contract. You yeah. take advantage of that player scoring at that rate for that little amount of money, and you get the best of the best in that building. But I doubt that's going to happen. Save, copy the Oilers blueprint as much as you want. I don't know how. Uh, After the proven... second season of McDavid, it was looking okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. There we go. That's the the major caveat. That's the that's the uh, friendly forgotten aspect of it all. Eh? Fuck off, Miles. I'm just. <laughs> but like, but seriously though, like, like you think about like the Blackhawks, right? Like you think about the Blackhawks after like Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves rookie season. You know, you have Joel Quenville in the building. Like you've got you've got stability around you. Say what you want about the Blackhawks and all their bullshit, but like, um, 
But I, I think that would be the smart option, and I don't know if I totally trust Rick Tockett as this like defense first head coach coming in and like telling Connor Bedard like, oh, you gotta play responsible both ends of the ice. It's like, well, just why don't you let the guy go out there and score fifty goals for you? It's enough Bedard talk. You're making oh. me sick. Oh, fucking cranky, cranky Miles. Yeah. Um, do you have fifty-five a, year old Miles? Do you have any other thoughts on uh, the Canucks game? No, because we're gonna talk more Canucks right now. Oh yeah, we are. We are gonna talk. It's a Canucks heavy episode. Four by Alex is just absolutely raging right now, having a blast. Yeah, he's he's poking through his desk right now. Um, (laughs) It's a visual. (laughs) Uh, so moving on from the Canucks, but also still talking about the Canucks. Um. Jeff Merrick reported on 32 Thoughts that an executive talked to him and said that he could see Bo Horvat being a long-term fit in Edmonton, uh, mainly due to the fact that Horvat would sign there and the uncertainty of the big dogs, most prominently Leon Dreisaitl. Um, I have some thoughts on this, which is that, first, firstly being, you should not be signing a player if you're worrying about um, one of your stars two years, from, two years after this season. I just... just just a thought um because i think the main mission should be let's win a stanley cup so that we can get leon dreisaitl to stay and Connor mcdavid to stay and not have them leave um but i don't totally mind the idea of a long-term fit with bo horvat it's just a matter of it's just a matter of like making the money work because like i'm not i'm not paying for 55 goal bo horvat if you get 30 goal bull like if you get like a, a 30 goal bull horvat price which is like what five million bucks five and a half million bucks with the Probably salary like cap ri- with with the salary cap rising like i can i can i can deal with that but i i just i don't totally understand the ideology behind it i'd rather just play young guys and develop our own talent rather than try and sign another big name free agent i don't know I don't know how you it, feel about that. Listen to what Connor McDavid said last week when they were asking him about the All-Star game and the possibility of Leon not being there. He's like, oh, it's not really an All-Star game without Leon and we've got plans to be together over the break. So uh, yeah, I really hope he's there. So you're telling me now that you're going to plan for, you're going to hedge your your bets here and bring in Bo Horvat in case Leon doesn't come back. If Leon doesn't come back, there's a bigger problem there. And Connor's yeah, going exactly. to be mad. And then that's one foot out the door. Think of what the media is going to do when they hear that Connor McDavid is upset that Leon wasn't re-signed. Like that is blatantly disrespectful to do to Leon Dreisaitl. I don't even want to talk about, like, I'm grumbling and making all these noises about uh, Horvat, and it's not like a disrespect to Horvat. He's a talented player. He scores a lot of goals, and he's a good leader, and he needs to leave that situation in Vancouver really badly. I think it's run its course for him there. But, like, why are we not, you know, praising Leon more and and talking about uncertainty with him? He's got two more years. He's a franchise player. One of the five best players, unarguably, in the NHL. 
keep keep them. Do whatever yeah. you can to keep them, and stop stop trying to run them out of town before it's I even said and done. I don't even I don't even know if necessarily it was. I don't think that this got out via Oilers. I think this is more so Jeff Merrick just speaking to an executive of another team because there's the thought, and Bob Stoffer's actually brought this up on his show, which makes me sad. But like he said that the most that the biggest threat to the Edmonton Oilers is the LA Kings for Leon Drysaddle services. Because the year that Leon's up is the year that Anze Kopitar is, or or maybe it's the year before. I can't remember. But anyways, um, they're both represented, or they're both both represented by the same agents. Yada yada yada. But like at the end of the day, try to make this as feasible to Leon as possible, and say like we are we are in this with you as one committed of, to you, committed to you as one of our core pieces of this team going forward, so that. We can go into this next generation. We can go into this next 10 years with you and Connor McDavid as our faces of the franchise. You guys will have your numbers retired and you guys will be the, the, I mean, finish what you started, win a cup, stay forever. Is it completely out of the, is it completely out of, completely out of the realm of possibility that, that by the time their careers are over, Leon Dreisel and Connor, or sorry, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisel could be the one and two greatest players in Oilers history. It's no, not. absolutely not. These two could go down as two of the top, like, I mean, Connor could very well be the greatest player of all time by the time we're all said and done. Leon could very well be the top 10, top 10 greatest player of all time. Okay, that, this, this is getting too hot. I know it's, I know it's, I know, I know it's getting, but, 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 but you know where I mean, you know what I mean, right? No, I I don't, Nolan. No, I uh, don't know what you mean (laughs) because one, nobody's going to touch Gretzky. Gretzky's the greatest player of all time. Let's, Uh, let's, yeah, yeah, played against plumbers. 2,900, 2,900 career points. Nobody's even freaking touching that with Uh, a 10 foot ball. No one's getting close to that. I no, I'm not saying that that necessarily. So hold Connor's on, hold get... on. I let I let you talk for okay, a while, so you got to listen okay. to me now for a second. You're talking about greatest players of all time, greatest Oilers of all time, because Gretzky's career was split up into a couple different segments, at least two different segments. When all is said and done, I agree with you. If McDavid and Drysaitel stay the whole time of their careers and win a cup in Edmonton, they will be better Oilers than Messier and Gretzky. They'll be right there. But all time, I'm not standing for any Wayne slander. I'm not slandering Wayne. I'm, but like Miles, we have to do this whole thing where it's like, yes, if Connor McDavid played in the 1980s, he is crushing Gretzky's numbers. We come on. We can't. That's, we can't. We can't go based based completely off of the points. Like, come on. You man, we we're not we're not doing this right. Gretzky is like the unchallenged goat of sports that's tough he i don't know man i don't i don't think that that's that outrageous he's the best hockey player of all time confirmed oh, Cut uh, and dry. oh okay so, so you're so you're not talking you're not you're not talking of sports in general you're no but so if hockey. you're saying like who are the goats it's like oh michael jordan Babe Ruth, wayne gretzky like every 99.9 percent of people Brady. are gonna say yeah people are gonna yeah. say the greatest hockey player is wayne gretzky and i think that anything outside of that personally would be ludicrous all right, well, we'll agree to disagree. But anyways, okay, maybe my Leon Dreisaitl top 10 player hot take is 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 very hot. I'm, I apologize for that. I, w- I was going a little overboard on that one. But anyways, going back to what I was initially saying. Um, now, I am interested in Bo Horvat, but not for like a multi-year contract. I'm interested in Bo Horvat for a playoff run. Boy. Yeah, a rental would be cute. If I'm the, if I'm the Oilers, whoo, whoo, pay, pay, 
pay a couple pay a couple pieces. Maybe plug Bo Horvat into that third line. <laughs> Score some net front goals. We've talked we've talked about this a lot about you know selling the farm for you know uh, taking advantage of the cup window. If they're not going to go the defensive route, let's score 15 goals a game and get Bo Horvat. Like I don't, I don't know. Make it happen. It'd there's really a there's sick. a there's a juicy first round pick just sitting there for Ken to Ken to waste on something in a like historically deep draft. So yeah, like make it careful, I guess. Hey, but make it count. Exactly. Like go for the right player. Like don't use that first round pick on like Vladislav Gavrikov unless the Oilers win the Stanley Cup. Um. Daniel Nugent Bowman had a piece in the Athletic regarding the current Oilers rumblings, um, and there were a couple nuggets in there. Uh, one of them including the intel regarding the team viewing Philip Broberg now as an untouchable after his play after the last few weeks. Um, I mean, I've loved the way Philip Broberg has played. I I have to give him credit. Like I was completely down on him like four weeks ago, and I am very much in on the on the on the bro Barry experience right now. It's pretty sick. Um, him and Evan Bouchard have been awesome together and I've been very happy with the young Oilers defenseman. Um, another one is, uh, sorry, I should probably follow up to that. Uh, but as a completely untouchable, I think that's a little bit of a hot take. I, I, I still think that if you could get a, a defenseman that can play like 25 minutes a game or a like 23 to 25 minute a game guy, then you should absolutely look into that. Like, am I, am I crazy for saying that? True. If your assets value is as high as it is right now, um, doesn't hurt to cash in on that. The only thing is that right now, I, I like, I would love to have like a first pairing right hand defenseman. Like, the problem is, is that all of the really good ones are on really good teams. Like Charlie mm-hmm. McAvoy is a Boston Bruin. Kale McCarr is a Colorado Avalanche. Um, who's, who's, who's another good one? There's, there's a lot of good ones out there. Miles just, Fuchs and he's on Fresh Lettuce. Yeah, there, there you go. Nerlin Schumann and he's on NHL 23. Um, <laughs> but uh, anyways... Moving on from that, uh, another uh, another point is that the organization is considering a very low cost extension for the Carhartt King Dr. Derek Ryan, University of Alberta Golden Bear. That would make him no more than the eleventh forward and a healthy scratch most nights. Uh, honestly, I'm down for like thirty nine year old Derek Ryan coming in off the bench once in a while for like seven hundred k. Trim the fat, get rid of like your Devin Shores and your and your your nothing burgers, and keep Derek Ryan around. Good veteran presence, guy that's seen it all, journeyman NHL player. Can't be bad. Can't no, be bad for absolutely the room. not. He's sick. I I love I love this guy. And he's just ripping around with the Stanley mug full of black coffee. Like he's he's great for the boys. Spark yeah. the boys. One thousand percent. That's all I care about. Um, Miles, do you want to get into our next uh our next point? Mailbag, great, love it. So again, this was sent into us probably about two weeks ago. So take some of these with uh, with a grain of salt, um, because some of these chirps have aged poorly, and we're gonna make fun of those people. But uh, they're not they're not complete complete uh, laughing stocks. You'll see what I mean as we get into it. IG mailbag. First question from our friend Floor Pie Alex, who submitted a record three into the mailbag, and they're all quality. Um, is the Paralyzer an elite drink? This is not up for discussion. Yes, the Paralyzer is an elite drink in its vodka and cherry whiskey forms. They're both just absolute treats. And we love to support Canadian dairy farmers. So it's got milk, it's got pap, and it's got liquor. What would, what, well, I guess, 
what would a version of the paralyzer but with eggnog be um a whole 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 horrible night a a a a, a rudolph lizer i don't know a noggleizer a noggleizer call yeah. it getting some noggin getting some no- oh okay we are. We just invented something. Thank you, Floor Pie Alex. Second, uh, secondary question for good friend Floor Pie Alex: Will you be joining us for Paralyzers? Million dollar question. Where did this come from? I don't even see this in the notes. It's right there. I'm st- I'm looking at it. I don't know. That's my follow up question for him. Oh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well. He's gonna like that. He's gonna be sitting at home. He's gonna be like, "Oh, it's eleven on a fr- on a Thursday, and I'm having one." Jesus Rockstar. Christ. Next question. <laughs> Uh, from baby back billick what oiler is the equivalent of a dry january so for those of you who don't know what dry january is it just means first month of the year going sober and we have a couple uh friends of the show who are currently finishing up their dry january so we've been we've been bugging them a little bit so what oiler is the equivalent of a dry january i am going to go out on a limb and say that that's negative i'm going to say that's a negative connotation So i know where you're going with this do you (laughs) Yeah, you're going for public enemy number one. No, I'm not. I'm going to surprise you. Oh, who is it? I think the Euler equivalent of a dry January is yes, a pooly RV. Oh, no. And the reason I say that is because I want to love it. I want to love a dry January because it's a reset. You're starting the year off right. You're you're going to the gym. You're eating healthy. Like you're just watching the pounds fall off. It's this whole this whole dream of being a being a big size offensive dynamo winger. And it just uh, by the by the third week you're like oh I'd like a beer, oh I'd like a draft Bud Light and some wings with the boys. You're just you're you're just doing one of these. And by the end of it, by the end of it, you're just sitting there like I wanted this so bad, and I talked about it so much, and everybody's laughing at me. So the Euler equivalent of a dry January for me is is yes I put RV. I could I could say the same thing, but about Kyler Yamamoto, but <laughs> but this time it's with injuries. <laughs> God damn, can this kid stop getting injured already? He's like I understand he's like 142 pounds, but like Jesus Christ, man. This guy is just getting the shit beaten out of him on a regular basis. By my by the way, Miles, out of nowhere my dad sent me a message. I'm 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 sending it to you. All all it is is just a photo. Like fucking I'm just ass. opening it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Uh, um okay i I'll, i i can i can read the next message or the um the next uh, <laughs> the next uh the next question uh are, are richard you... from the top rope <laughs> are you excited to pay a first for 25 games of klingberg this comes from our good pal flames fan kyle um and my so, uh, my response is, uh, I doubt a first is happening for Klingberg. Yeah, this is the one that I was going to say, um, I think, is like from two weeks ago that when, when it was almost panic button time, it was like, shut up, Kyle. But now it's like, ha ha, Kyle. Ha ha ha. Look at us on a, on a six game blast. Yeah, on a six game blasty. On because, a sixteen blast, he'd burn. Because you see, because you um, see, you, sand, you know, you know, you see. Yes, that's funny. That's a very good joke. Oh, I like. It. I'm, you. I'm, I'm here for it ten thousand percent. But I think he should be more worried about paying a first for Klinberg because Pizza Boy loves to acquire defensemen at the at the trade deadline. Don't know if he'd pay for Klinberg, but uh, be careful what you wish for there, little little foam dome guy, dome foam guy. 
Okay, Miles, do you want to do you want to go uh, next question here? Yeah, this is another one that's aged very poorly. Welcome back to the chat, Floor Pie Alex. Tell me why the Oilers are better than a midding, middling playoff team. Well, Alex, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what, fella. Western Conference finalists from last year. I wouldn't say that that's middling. Um, four, four twenty goal scorers working on, knocking on the door of five. Uh, we are at. Let me, let me actually go over the NHL stats here. I I think we're we're four. We are currently. four. We are four for sure. Going to be uh, knocking on five when all is said and done. I would assume that we're pro. Um, I don't know. I I as much as I do love Clem, I think that we're probably not going to see him hit twenty. I just think that he's a little too hot right now. And we could I see just, an, we could see an Evander heater go for twenty. Yeah, I could see an Evander. Clem. I could see Ryan McLeod hitting fifteen by the end of the season. Uh, I think he gets a lot of chances, and I think that that that, that says a lot. Uh, Yanmark, I could see hitting ten. I don't know if we're gonna get a fifth twenty goal guy, man. Twenty goals is a lot, but it's f- four is great. Four is great, and we're taking four. You know what? It, Evander's got five and seventeen. I could see it. I could yeah, see it. there Damn. you go. So yeah. so give me five. We've got currently uh, league average and above league average goaltending, and we have defense that um, can be tinkered. So when you combine all of those things together, yes, the Oilers are better than a, a middling playoff team. So please, please, please don't be so mean from your from your basement suite. I mean that as a, as a Canucks, not as a living situation. I, I actually don't know where he lives. Um. Yeah, I I, I think that I I also like there, there's a big conspiracy going around um on on Twitter that like. The Oilers, because like for some reason, I don't know what the hell happened, but in the LA game, everybody tries to point to like the Pooley RV fight and like all of all that shit that happened and all the like jostling and stuff. But the Oilers are like systematically playing a different game than they were playing for like four weeks. I don't know what's going on, but they look completely different. I don't know if you've noticed that, but they look like a completely different hockey team. No, yeah, man, they're playing with a little bit of swagger. They're 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 back to being back to being the bad boys. Like they are, they are consistently outshooting like outshooting opponents. They are constantly beating teams in like Corsi for expected goals for like all of those like nerd numbers. They are looking damn good over this stretch, and I don't know what it is, but I mean they're like something something has changed, and it's really 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 cool to see. So take take that, Alex. Take that to the notes and and let me know what you think. This one is an exciting one. Um, more trade talk here from our good friend Kung Fu Kenny D, a day one fan of the uh, supporter of the show. We love him. Do Yamo and Yese get moved this season? Bracket. I just want both of them off the team. Close bracket. Do Yamo and or Jesse get moved this season? I think I think Yese gets traded before the season's over, um, but I don't think Yamo will. Yamo's not getting traded. Um... I think uh, as much as it pains me to say it, I think that yes, it will end up on waivers. Waivers. Yeah. I don't think he's going to go waivers, man. I think I, there's just, gotta be, there's gotta be a, a dance partner out there. You'd hope so. You'd, and, and it's, it's not cause I don't want yes on this team. I just want everybody to know that. Like I want yes, I pull to stay on this team. Cause I think he provides a lot of useful utility for this team. I just think that his confidence is completely shot. 
I think that this coaching staff doesn't really know how to use them all that well. And I just think that a fresh start for all parties is all is, is best for everybody all around. Um, I just, like I said, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know if I see it. Uh, by the way, I just wanted to quickly mention, uh, since uh, the uh, 10th of January, the Oilers are first in, uh, are first in um, expected goals for and goals for, or, sorry, yeah, it's first in expected goals for across the entire league. Percentage. Well, well, bada bing, bada boom. Per that, answer, that answers the last question, and hopefully that answers Kung Fu Kenny D's question. But yeah, I agree with you. I think. Uh, well, let's talk. Let's talk Yamel for a second. Do you think by the start of next season he's still an Oiler? Yes or no? Uh, Yamo uh, before the start of next season. Yes. Yeah. I I I believe that Yamo is an Edmonton Oiler. I I honestly don't know. He's kind of one my, of those core my, guys. My 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 gut says yes, or but my gut my gut says yes, but my head says no. If that makes sense, that makes sense. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see how the playoffs shake out because he's one of those guys too. If he ends up going on like a Fernando Pisani playoff heater, they keep him around. I don't know. We'll see. It's interesting though. It's, those are two young players whose futures are very much so up in the air. So we'll have to definitely pay close attention to that and watch that very uh, earnestly. Last question here, and this is a big one. Oh boy, oh boy. We talked about him already, and we're talking about him again. Name 14 Canadian forwards that you would rather have than Bo Horvat from Floor Pie Alex. And I know what he's getting at here because we talked about this in a group chat that we're in. And and he's 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 basically just getting at the Olympics. He's like, if they were making a Canadian Olympic team, would Bo Horvat be on it? And Flames Van Kyle and I both said, like, no. And then he's like, why not? Well, name four name 14 forwards words that you'd rather have over Bo, Bo, Bo Horvat and I have done that so if we're looking at this from like a 2026 perspective like when the NHL players can go to the Olympics next you've got to assume that like Berdard, Wright, Braden Yeager like some of these other young guys that are coming up are going to be low-key nasty and be in the mix but you also you, you also got to think by then like um Alexis Lafreniere and Quentin Byfeld are going to be performing to what we thought so like 2026 is really hard to 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 gauge right for strictly the Olympics. So we're going to look for my example closer at like a 2024 world cup, which the NHL has already said they're not doing, I believe, but you know, for argument's sake, he said 14 guys, I'll give you 14 guys that I would take for 2024 over Bo Horvat. And that's Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, Jonathan Huberto, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Mitchell Marner, Robert Thomas, Matthew Barzell, Jordan Cairo, Brad Marchand, Mark Stone, Pierre-Luc Dubois, and Nazem Kadri, And then Horvat would probably be right there. He's closer than I would like to admit. But those personally for me would be the would be the guys right now that I would I would be looking at for that forward group. Um yeah. actually no, I'm gonna rephrase that. Not necessarily for that forward group, but those are 14 guys I would rather have than Bo Horvat. I don't know how those lines would shake out. Like I'd want to play with it a little bit, but those are 14 guys I would say I would rather have than Horvat. Yeah, you take the floor. And, de- and depending on, um, I mean, th- there's plenty of guys you can throw in there, man. Like you can throw in like Ryan O'Reilly as well. Mm-hmm. Like a guy who historically has been like a 70 point, uh, a 70 point elite defensive center. Um, you could throw, um, you said, uh, yeah, yeah, you said Barzell. I, I'm, I'm not, I, I'm starting to, as a fantasy owner of Matthew Barzell, I'm starting to uh, have some questions there. I just, I don't know, man. I don't know about Matthew. I don't. I don't. I don't know about him. I'm a little bit weirded out by him. Um, 
you mentioned Stamkos. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Point. You mentioned Marner. Um, I could even see you know as like an elite defensive center. I would even throw. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to necessarily say that like Bo Horvat would would fit that role, but like think about like Philip Deneau. Like Philip Deneau, yeah. you plug him in on like the fourth line for Team Canada. That's a pain in the ass line to play against. No, for sure. That's what I was saying about like line construction. Like you, I, I, I'm a believer in like not sticking studs on the fourth line and having them play that grinder role when you can find can like elite Canadian talent that fits that position, right? And Deneau is a great example. I, I commend you. Yeah, um, and then you have to have the discussion of Bo Horvat versus a one for one Hall of Fame bad guy well not bad guy but guy we just despise dark shifley yeah because yeah, I, mean, I know at the, end of the day, at the end of the day like this guy's on pace for 50 goals right now I know, and it eats, eats like, me alive yeah it's kind of a god i'm just looking at his dumb face right now <laughs> that's god. why i had to uh that's why i thought i thought my most surprising one i thought it was going to get a little bit more of a reaction out of you was uh luke dubois that's another guy that I'm not. I I mean he's he he's played he's played tremendously this year. So I think that there is definitely an argument there. Um, I'm not not huge on the player, but I mean, fuck if he's still playing Patrice Bergeron, if Patrice yeah. Bergeron's still playing, like he could, he, I would take him. Obviously, I would take him over Bo Horvat. Um. Sorry, I'm just looking at all the NHL teams right now, just trying to like go over this. Um, while, while you're while you're thinking, can I complain about Mark Shifley for a second? Absolutely, go ahead. One of the things that absolutely gets my goat about Mark Shifley, and now that I say this, if you haven't noticed already, just keep an eye out for it. Every post game interview he does, he wears a Nike golf hat. He doesn't wear like jet swag. He wears a white Nike golf hat. Like, buddy, so we're what saying, are you doing? So we're saying like bad teammate. Not bad teammate. It's just like, come on, figure it out. A bunch of Mark Shifley slander. Matt, like, why? Why a why? And it's not a rumor. It's fact. If you watch his post game pressers, he wear even when he was doing that stupid presser after he ran Jake Evans, he was wearing that Nike hat. Like, yeah, that's fair. You're not. You're not on the seventeenth green, putting for eagle. You're doing a presser after you just railroaded a guy in a in a. In a in a four-game series or a seven-game series, like relax a little bit, like give it up, Happy Gilmore. I don't know why, just everything he does pisses me off. Um, I'm 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 currently looking at the currently looking at, at the list of NHL teams and trying to think of potential other All Stars that I, or sorry other players that I that I would throw on this uh, Canadian Olympic team. And I, yeah, I I think I think Bo Horvat is like final cut kind of player. Yeah, he's fifteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth guy. Oh, you didn't also didn't even mention like as much as I, I I've also slandered this man on our podcast before, but like John Tavares, like yeah, I I I left him off. That's just yeah. me. Yeah, I, I but but I mean that's still a a player that's really good at hockey and uh, would probably fit in quite well on this team or on this on this team Canada. But um, but yeah, no, I uh, it's definitely a discussion to be had. I I. Like I said, I, I think that there that there is an argument for Bo Horvat to be in that in that group. He he, he could definitely get the invite to camp, um, but I just I just I just I just don't see him making the lineup. I'm sorry. Um, that's why we're answering the hard hitting questions. Yeah, that's what speak, we're here to do. S- speaking of Canucks, uh, should we just quickly talk about Jim Rutherford's press conference that he had earlier this week? 
I think quickly. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to just pull up some. Uh, just wanted to pull up some because Jim Rutherford obviously had like a hilarious press conference where he kind of went walked back on a lot of the shit that he's sort of been saying so far this season. Where, um, this comes from Canucks Army, who kind of uh, who who kind of recapped everything really well. But um, one of the things that he mentioned was, "I'm I'm disappointed in the job I've done at this point. When I first came here, I talked about getting control of the cap, getting the cap back to where it is, getting rid of some contracts, and we've been able to do that. Now the opportunity hasn't been there, but it's still my job to get it done. Until we do that, we're not going to be making the kind of changes that we need to make, or certainly the changes we need to put our put ourselves uh, in a better position." Um, it says here um, uh, the changes uh, we need to make are, are the, the changes we need to make are not with core players. The changes we need to make are with the other players on the team, but it could end up being core players. When I came here, I knew it was going to be a challenge and I thought we were going to have to do minor surgery. Have I changed my position? Yeah, we have to do major surgery. Um, it's also been reported too that by, I believe Elliot Friedman, who's kind of gone on almost every show or like every, uh, um, every radio hit and things like that, that Elias Pedersen is the only untouchable on this team. So yes, that means that Quinn Hughes probably could be had for like, I wouldn't say King's ransom, but like a hell of a package to the Canucks that could be quite enticing. But, um, yeah, man, like th- this team is kind of a disaster right now. They have Oliver Ekman Larson on the books for, I believe, another four years at Ugh. still like 6.2 or se- no, seven and a half or something like that. 7.25. I can't remember, but like. I think God. Arizona re- Arizona retained like 600,000. It was like, something oh like obscenely God. horrible. Like, it's so. Re- and then you think about insult to injury, man, like friggin' I know they. Just to get out of the last year of Louis Erickson and Jay Beagle and all that, like just to get out of that one last year, they took on five years of Ekman Larson and gave up Dylan Gunther. Oh my god! I didn't realize they lost Gunther. That's... Yes, that was the that was the deal. It was um it was Erickson, Beagle, um who was the other one? Oh, there was there there was a third one. Oh, uh, Roussel. Oh, Antoine. Yeah, and a first round pick, which was ninth overall. And in exchange, they got Oliver Ekman Larson and uh, Connor Garland. Connor Garland's a fine player, but like, oh my God, you just took on all that money and gave away the guy that, I mean, Arizona's looking pretty damn good, especially if they're going to have another top three pick this year. Mm -hmm. Tough. Tough, tough, tough. Um, but yeah, and then just to kind of recap here, I mean, he also mentioned like we're like we're stuck with contracts we can't move. So essentially, it was Jim Rutherford saying, ah, "I'm doing the best I can." And he also kind of finished it off with saying, "Like, oh, you want to see a tank? <laughs> we're gonna tank." Yeah, gonna, he's like, "Oh, everybody, every other team that's doing bad, get ready to see a masterclass in tanking." Um, kind of here for it, honestly. Luke Shen being your top pairing D man, let's watch yeah. it. I don't mind Luke Shen. I take uh, him on the Oilers. I take let's him go. On the Oilers. Let's yeah. go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Knox. Are um, we done? Are we done with Knox? Like Oilers versus Knox? I think they played three times. Right? They were, were good. I think we're well. Te- I think you're. You usually want to play. Uh, it's. I think it's three because we get we got the Flames three times. I think your division is is three. So we got I think the division o- is usually four, but, um, and then we just got shafted with the flames. Yeah. I think that's exactly what happened. Um, okay, no, nope, we, we, we have, we have played our last game against the Canucks. Yeah. Cause it was opening night. It was new year's and then it was this last game. So see you later. Canucks do, you, do whatever, do whatever you, you want to do. And I love the Oilers, but how do you remember that? 
Ah, uh, you know what? Do you want, can I simp for a second? Yeah. But, uh, just with Big J, I know she oh. went to the she went to the season opener in Edmonton, and then we watched the New Year's game together, and then this one was just recent. So I, uh, yeah, I guess that's how I remember. Funny. Oh. Um. Okay. I just wanted to quickly mention too the Oilers' schedule coming up. Jackets, Hawks, Red Wings, Flyers, Senators, <sighs> Canadiens, Red Wings. Don't say that shit, man, because that's one where they're gonna. I know, I that? know exactly. I, that's I one totally... where they're gonna go four hundred. I, I know, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just bringing it up. Oh, what could be, Nolan? What could be is delicious. Um, should we get to, should we get to kind of the biggest bummer of the week? <laughs> Man, this yeah, I just hate everything about this from top to bottom. It's just like so shitty. I know. Um, so obviously the probably the biggest story in hockey this week besides the Bruce Boudreaux saga, obviously you've most likely heard about it, uh, is the Ivan Provorov situation, uh, in which he uh, famously uh, in a game against uh, who the hell was it the the Devils or something like that? Um, they anyways the Philadelphia Flyers were having their Pride Night, um, in which. All the players, when they come out for warm-up, usually wear a Pride Night-themed jersey, um, skate around the ice. It's just kind of as like a, you know, we're trying to celebrate people and we're trying to show that, like, hockey is inclusive and, like, you're welcome here and things like that and, you know, like, normal people shit. Um, and uh, Ivan Provorov declined to wear his jersey um, and didn't come out on the ice. And it was funny. It was kind of funny, actually. When he first didn't show up on the ice... Uh, it was tr- basically trending on Twitter right away, like Ivan Provorov is not on the ice for warm up, and everyone lost their minds because, like, do we have a trade to announce? Um, but then uh, he was on the ice, and then there were some rumblings, like, oh, and then like like a bunch of people were kind of speculating, were just kind of joking around, where they were like, oh, maybe Ivan Provorov didn't want to wear a pride jersey, and then it was like, oh no, actually, Ivan Provorov would not wear the pride jersey. Um, the uh, coaching staff of John Tortorella and and uh, company uh, decided to still play Ivan Provorov for the game. He played 22 minutes and 45 seconds. Oh, sorry, it was against the Ducks, uh, the game was, uh, who led the team in ice time. Uh, John Tortorella then followed up and confirmed it was due to religious beliefs, uh, gave Provorov props for always being true to himself, and then um, Ivan Provorov then was also questioned after the game and basically said, um, you know, I... I, I'm I'm staying true to myself. I'm staying true to my religion. Uh, Provorov, a Russian Orthodox player, um, was basically just saying it was his religious choice, and uh, that's been it. Um, there's been obviously a lot of backlash to the coaching staff and to Provorov, the player, um, about how this has all been handled. Um, my... <sighs> My take with this whole thing, and I and I've and I and I've really I've kind of gone all over the place since then. Um, my initial take is that I really don't. I I think that it is a scummy decision by Provorov. I I don't. I I think that the belief is 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 very scummy. At the same time, if I'm going to be okay with like, if I'm going to be okay with like peacefully protesting for things, I also believe that it would be immorally wrong of me to say that um to say that i that a player shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion because a play because people have opinions like it, it's like shit's gonna happen i think that provrov's opinion is really shitty and i think that it's really unacceptable um i still don't like 
the fact that John Tortorella still played him as much as he or played him and played as much as he did. And the only reason why I say that is because John Tortorella is very much a like um prides himself on good character players. He scratched Kevin Hayes because Kevin Hayes wasn't playing well enough in his own zone. Um, he Obviously, he famously went on record um, about uh, six years ago what, during the initial Colin Kaepernick situation uh, with kneeling during the National Anthem, mentioning that... Um, uh, mentioning that he would bench any of those players if they had kneeled. Now, with that being said, about uh, about two years ago, uh, in the aftermath of uh, of the murder of George Floyd, uh, in which people were protesting uh, in or in wake of more police brutality, he mentioned that he had a bit of a that he had a bit of a change of heart and that he kind of really thought about things and 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 was really focused on listening um, rather than rather than judging. Um, so I, I give credit to Tortorella there. But I guess my issue comes from this, this, this point of like, you've scratched players for far less. And even just like the idea of not coming out for a warm up, like, I feel like that's a thing that if a player didn't come out for warm up because he was like late or something like that, or he, uh, or he like, uh, I don't know, just said, I, I just don't feel like coming out on warm up. He would, he would have scratched the player. And this is like a meaningless game against the Canucks. Like you have a ducks. like, or sorry, ducks. You have a stinky, 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 stinky Philadelphia Flyers team that is not nearly in a playoff spot right now, will not make the playoffs and is going to finish like bottom, like bottom five in the league. And you're playing against another crappy team. And this player who's kind of made this night that should be about the team celebrating fans who have been ostracized their entire lives to come forward and to be like, we're welcoming you to this game. And this player has seemingly made it about himself. And that's where my issue lies is like, is, is I think that. I don't think that we should. Nece- I don't think that we should. Necess- I don't expect John Tortorella to go out in the media and say, "Yo, I think he's a piece of shit hockey player." Like, I, I don't, I don't believe in that. Like, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. But I just think that that the situation, while so sticky, should have been handled in a matter of like, and and it's, I know I'm kind of all over the place, but like even even the whole thing too with like how they both had the same speech bubble, which was like, I'm being true to myself. I'm being true to my religion. They both literally said the exact same thing as if Provorov, Tortorella, and like Chuck Fletcher all met and they said, all right, this is the phrase that we're going to say and we're just going to leave it at that as if it's not going to be a story. Like, it, obviously, it's going to be a story. So, I don't know. Or What are your thoughts, Miles? You know what? I actually, uh, not actually, actually is the wrong way to put it. I, n- about 90 90- Two percent agree with your take and basically everything you said. It's just it's yucky all the way around, right? But there's just so many. I'm just so freaking tired of hearing about this. the The day it came out, I was like, I'm done hearing about this shit because, yeah, it's like you said, it's it's a night for the NHL to be celebrating people who have have been and still are, you know, treated poorly in society, right? But at the same time, hockey has very many issues around it with homophobia and hockey Canada recently just had that study come out where there was, you know, how many ejections in hockey Canada games of minor hockey where people were kicked out for using racial and homophobic slurs. So the fact that the NHL wants to make this big deal and that a large portion of the liberal media, and I'm not a Trumper, 
saying that. I'm I'm using that term literally here where the liberal media wants to jump down the throat of a guy who, like you said, is exercising free speech, right? Freedom of religion. If you go back to the founding of America, it was yeah. founded by people who left religious persecution. So if you're not free to believe whatever you want and you lose the last bastion of of sense, is which is in your own mind to think what you want and believe what you want, you're not contributing to, you know, a, a conversation and people that are thinking what they're thinking, like crazy shit like that, homophobic stuff, just get pushed further and further down into the bowels of society and become more dangerous and are forced to, you know, think I'm I'm spiraling as well, where they're forced to the dark web to talk to other people who have the same opinions of them and get more radicalized and get weirder. It's a topic that we've talked a lot about in in debate. As, as people that listen to the show know I've done debate for a number of years and that was a, a world's title or a world's resolution one year was was about freedom uh right right wing freedom of speech borderlining on hate speech and it's just such a convoluted issue i'm so tired of going on twitter and hearing what jacob with crusty socks has to think about this and versus yeah. what people who actually have educated opinions on it is and it's just at the end of the day he did something shitty the NHL is in a tough position. The Flyers are in a tough position, largely of their own making, the Flyers. Yeah. Um, but don't forget that the NHL like prompted this guy up for years because he has a golden retriever. Yeah. So you don't <laughs> think that the NHL knew that this guy was a like was a Russian Orthodox believer. And that's the other thing. He's a Russian Orthodox guy who like you really think that bitching about him on Twitter is gonna change this guy's beliefs. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna retire from the NHL. He's gonna go back to Russia, a billionaire and you know, be a spokesperson for a potash company and live comfortably the rest of his life. This dude doesn't give a shit yeah. about about changing or about the causes that the NHL is trying to make. So, like, it's gross. It sucks. I hope that gay kids that watch hockey aren't turned off by this. I hope that gay people that are trying to get into the sport don't look at this as something that's a major, you know, yeah. dark spot in what hockey is. And just like at the end of the day, can people just be normal? Yeah. Can people just be nice to each other? And why does everything always have to be such a freaking fight? I just, yeah, the, the last thing I just wanted to say is like, I guess my, my, my biggest issue from like, like the takes that have come out and stuff is like, I kind of gave my opinion on, on Twitter over this whole thing. Um, which I, like, I, I think that, yeah, the, like, like the constant barrage of, of stuff and like kind of amplifying this into being such a huge story is, is this one thing. Um, I, the other thing is too is like, can we just amp, like if the 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 people that I want to hear from are the people that are actually affected by this, which are like members of the LGBTQ plus community. Like, speak up. Like, I I, I do want to hear your thoughts, and I want to hear how 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 you feel about the situations because it it directly affects them. Um, and secondly, because yeah, an echo chamber of white dudes screaming, yeah, exactly. Screw you, Provorov isn't doing anything. Yeah, and and the and the idea that like um like. And the the other problem I have too is that this situation is so gross that it's brought in like all of the grossest people from the internet out. Like it's brought in all of the fucking the like I don't know if you saw, but like Ivan Provorov's jersey is sold out on fanatics and stuff, and it's because of a bunch of fucking dickweeds that are going on and be like, oh yeah, I I love this player. It's the it's the classic meme of like of like um. Uh, like Provorov is my favorite NHL player and they show like all the selfies of dudes in trucks with sunglasses yeah. on and that's kind of another thing that, that has really just like made me feel kind of gross about the situation is that it's brought in a lot of the a lot of the grossest people out from the deepest darkest parts of the internet which which just sucks I want to bring up a point that 
my good friend, friend of the show, Ramus Winston brought up where he was just talking about like such a fumbling of the bag once again by the NHL, not to pull his Jersey because obviously idiots are going to go out and buy his yeah. Jersey. Like with Henry it's, and this is extremely different. I know this is a logical jump here, but with the Henry rug situation, uh, when he got drunk and, and killed yep. a, a woman and her dog, yep. the NHL pull, or the NFL pulled his Jersey immediately because they weren't going to let, you know, that be promoted. They weren't going to even let that be a thing. And the NHL was just like, ha, ah, you know what? We're not thinking that far ahead and didn't pull it from fanatics or the NHL shop. So like, I don't blame to the flyers, blame to the NHL, blame to Provorov, whatever you want to say. But just at the end of the day, like, yeah, not good, just, not yeah. good stuff. Yeah. It's just a, it's just a shitty situation all the way around. And that's kind of a simplified version of what we're saying, but um, yeah. Let's. Uh, you, do you know what's not a situation, a shitty situation, Nolan? This upcoming week. No, the the, the term rock star. Oh, Pro, Prover, Provorov is not a rock star. He is uh, at best a hotel lounge singer level star. Okay. Okay. So, like, think like the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Didn't watch it when I was a kid. Oof, oof, Maron. So um, I, I was am watching gonna... R-rated movies when 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 you were when you were watching SpongeBob. You freaking nerd. Fun. Okay, so fun fact: you bring up SpongeBob. The Pats were it was Nickelodeon night I for their giant Pats last night. Yeah. Could you imagine Bedard putting up a five piece on you, and all you see is SpongeBob <laughs> coming down the ice and just barreling one into you? Hilarious. <laughs> Tough look. Hilarious. Any hoosers? Um. The term rock star gets thrown around a lot, Nolan, and I am being a little bit of an anti-rock star with this one. Um, not because not because of uh, a lack of planning on my part by any means, because I'm always prepared. I'm a professional. But um, we've we've teased this a little bit with the uh, news of, of our new sponsor, and we swear it's not fake. It's real. We, 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 we have the bag. We have the sponsor, and we are really excited to talk about it with all of you. But but it's uh, again gratitude. It's making the boys feel very good about where we're at with stuff and seeing uh, kind of kind of what we've been able to make this podcast lar- largely due to the hard work of Nolan and the little bit of stuff that I do. But at the end of the day, the the rock star of the week is is everyone that's supported us and everybody that's listened to the show. Aww. Especially- Especially all of our day ones, man. We're we're very lucky, and this weekend is has made me uh, realize a little bit more that there's like a core group of people that have supported us and listened to us since day one, since we were suck Jesse's toes and we had ten listens, ten ten downloads our first week, right? Like to see what it's become now and the new people we've picked up along the way. But the rockstars of the week, man, have to be those those people who have been with us since day one, and and everybody else that's been along with us. Uh, since since this since since then right everybody that's been picked up along the way so if that's people that started listening after you know playoff pool draft in uh in uh in, in rural sask when we went to the tully met uh tully met draft there shout out to them that's people that started listening after we did the edmonton cbc story shout out to them if that's people that got referred by a friend or a coworker or something like that like thank all of you very very much i could thank 100 or all of you individually, but I want to give a special shout out to, uh, to to three folks, three folks that haven't necessarily gotten the love on here that they deserve. That's Kung Fu Kenny D. We talked about him today. Huge Oiler guy, uh, good good local business boy. Shout out shout out DNB, great dude. I want to give one to Jackson Insider Jackson, having fun in Vegas right now. Big Oilers guy too. He's been with us since day one, and 
I guess third one off the cuff, like we talk about a lot of people um, over and over again, but uh, another good one would be like, I think it would be baby back Billick. He's a good, good listener. He gets talked about a lot, but he's a big Oilers fan as well. And just an overall good guy. So shout out to everybody. Again, I'm forgetting lots of people, Parker, like everybody that, that supports us. Pastor Dave, that's a big one too. Yeah. Guy that listens to every show, always talks, uh, talks back on, on the internet and stuff with us and engage with us. So shout out to NYR Nick, like everybody. Thank you guys yeah, so much. You're absolutely. all rock stars. This is your corner, and thank you, thank you for everything that you've allowed us to do. And just another, just, just another quick little one as well is like everybody, um, as, as you probably meant, or as as you probably know from the show so far. But um, I'm the one that you typically runs the Twitter account, and all of the interactions and all of the people that have followed on Twitter and all the people that have kind of joined into our fun little group on there. Uh, and and are never annoyed by every, every time I have to sneak in a Zachary Martin Hyman as a children's author and a you know Connor McDavid throwing up a throwing up the horns and then throwing up uh, Owl Leon yeah Owl Leon and things like that. Um, you know we really appreciate you and and if you're and and if you're coming on board, e- I mean even now, man, like it's it's still so surreal and and all the support we've gotten so far and. Um, you said it really well, man. Like this is this has been really cool, and I I just I just can't wait to see where we go next. So next week, we'll be doing our first ad read. Scary. We're gonna we're gonna be it's 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 not a new one for one, but it's one point one one for one two point oh, and we're excited to do that for you. But Nolan, the let's get let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk what about, about what ass we, tax. Let's get down to ass tax. Horns down for the CRA next week's agenda. Columbus Blue Jackets Wednesday, January 25th, and the Chicago Blackhawks Saturday, January 28th. I'm tired of playing the Blackhawks. My little heart cannot handle those high-scoring games. Um, Ride the wave, man. Let it buck. 2-0. Yeah, man. Make it, make it eight. Let's go. Um. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, yeah, 2-0. Let's go, baby. I it's, firmly believe, like, going into these two games, Foot on the throat, foot on the goddamn throat of both of them, especially Chicago. Like Chicago is literally laying down and saying, "Like beat the shit out of us." They're on. They are. They are Spank on. Like the. Me. They are on. Like the Dom's table, and they're and they're asking for the whip. So wouldn't that? Yeah, they're they're subs for sure, not subscribers. Oh, yeah. This is weird. This is good. This is weird. <laughs> one for one after dark. Uncomfy. I've become uncomfortably numb. <laughs> Big week coming up. No whistle. Anything you'd like to add? No, just just um, go Oilers and be good people to each other. That's all we yeah, ask man, for. Be, be good people. Be normal. Don't even be yeah. good. Just be normal. Shut up and don't also, talk. Also, shout Sorry? out the 49ers for beating the Cowboys. Oh, man, bird. <laughs> Let's go, man. Go! <laughs> I want to see Swoop. I want to see Swoop punch Joey Bosa in the face or Nick Bosa in the face. I want to see. I want to see both Bros. I want to see both. I want to see the Brosas uh, 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 crying with one another, consoling each other. Like, oh, it's Nerds. okay. Don't don't worry. Um, New Heights podcast. No free ads are gonna be uh, gonna be meeting in the Super Bowl. You're first. You'd be like, you'd be like, okay, and then, and then and then Nick is gonna be sad because January sixth has already passed, and <laughs> Joey's gonna be like, there's always next year. I saw a really funny thing on Twitter. Uh, finishing off a little birds talk here. So uh, go, go birds. Um, I saw a little thing on Twitter and it was like Eagles Nation. And they were like, uh, 
NFL game script leaked because it showed like the next like all thing all tickets Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. And then it was like NFC Championship at the link. And then it was like Super Bowl in Arizona. <laughs> so we'll see. Knock on wood. Oh but, uh, man. Niners, baby. That's gonna be next Sunday's gonna be a movie. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. I uh but yes. Anyways, Miles, you should probably let me do what I do. This off. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for season three, episode eleven of the One for One podcast. If it wasn't evidence today, it certainly uh, I don't I don't think it ever will be. Home of hot takes, but even hotter listeners. Go Oilers, go. Go Oilers, go. Oilers, go.